What's up, peeps? I'm Mark Zalmanoff, and I'm here to help you make good choices. Welcome to the Make Good Choices podcast. I am your host, Mark the Fitness Ninja Zalmanoff, your favorite friendly neighborhood fitness ninja. We got another fantastic guest on this episode today. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, share this with your friends so we can spread the word and help other people make good choices. So today, see, this is what's cool. This is one of the reasons I started this podcast is so I could talk to awesome people. And uh, this guy is no exception. So this is another one of my Apex brothers. You will hear me say that a lot. Our Apex network is deep and full of amazing human beings. He is the managing partner, general manager of CMA's Valley Chrysler Dodge Honda Jeep Nissan Ram Subaru VW. I I think I got all that in there. Uh, (laughs) I get it wrong too, so yeah. He is the co-host of the Breakfast of Champions Clubhouse Room. He's an OG member of the Arate Syndicate, which is Ed Milet and Andy Fursella's group. He is a member of Sean Whalen's Lion's Den. He is an Apex executive member. He's a deputy sheriff reserve. We're definitely going to talk about that. And, and honestly, you know, this gentleman, I haven't known him that long. He's been in Apex about six months. And coming in, all I heard was great stuff about you, how respected you are, how much people value you, what you bring to humans, not just what you sell, but what you bring to other people's lives. So I'm super excited to have you on here. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Simons. Mark, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's just a real, it's a real honor for me to be here um, and joining that group. You know, I joined Apex and what a bunch of wonderful, you know, just solid human beings, uh, kick-ass human beings, actually. So it's been a, it's been a great experience for me. And, uh, you know, if you talk to enough circles, you'll find some, you'll find some people that aren't fans of mine, but uh, you can't please everybody, but it's a real honor for me to be on your show. Thank you for asking me to be on it. Are you really a ninja? You're like a <laughs> real ninja or like, where did that nickname come from? Uh, I'll tell you where that nickname came from. So I'm relatively small. I'm like five mm-hmm. foot. If you didn't, if you're listening to this, you don't know how small I am. I'm like five foot seven uh, and three quarters. So let's not forget that. Um, I, I usually dress in all black, like that's kind of the personal trainer uniform. And years ago I was in the gym and it was a bigger gym than I have right now. And all of a sudden I was up next to somebody and they thought I was across the room and they're like, damn it, you're like a ninja just sneaking up on people. <laughs> and, I, and it kind of just started from that. And I ran with it for years as just being the fitness ninja. That was kind of my, my brand for a long time until I kind of rebranded everything. Cause what you just said, people would think, oh, I do like ninja training. They're like, oh shit, I don't want to do that. So- <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to tell people I'm friends with a ninja because I don't know any other ninjas. So there you go. You know, well, I'm going to tell them go. I've, got, I've got a damn friend that's a ninja. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> all- but, uh, thanks, thank you for your kind words. I really that's appreciate great. it. Yes, sir. So let's get this thing rolling. Um, if you've listened to any of the other episodes, I always start with one question. And we'll talk about what you do later, but I want to know who is Scott Simons. Okay, Mark. So I'm a, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm a husband to one. So I've uh, dated or married my wife, Kelly Simons. Uh, I was 17. She was 15 and uh, I'm 48. So we, you know, of course you go through college and high school and you get in spats and you break up and all this, this, that, and the other, which is what we, you know, what, what happens. Um, but yeah, I've been, we've been together off and on, been married for uh, over 20 years. Uh, she deserves the highest honor of any honor of any human on the planet to deal with my shit, you know? So uh, she's a wonderful wife, uh, amazing mother of two children. We got Morgan and Dawson. Morgan just started her, uh, she went to college. She's going to James Madison University, which is here in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I am excited for her. Her mother cried and cried. I have not shed one tear. Now, I don't think it's really hit me yet. She is still in our town, but she's living on campus because we want her to experience college and she chose to go to school there. But I'm really excited for my daughter. You know, you do the best you can raising them. Um, You try to teach them right and wrong. You know, um, and so I'm excited. We have a son named Dawson, um, which is 14. Um, and then we have three dogs, a cat, and a lizard. 
<laughs> and if you ask me who is my favorite family member, it's believe it or not, I used to swerve to run cats over. I know I'm going to get some grief over that. But anyway, probably it's my cat out of all of them because Charlie kind of just goes about life and he kind of bosses the dogs around because we didn't declaw him. So he will flat out smack them. So we have uh, Charlie the cat, Leo the lizard. We've got uh, uh, Lily, our 12-year-old lab, Max, our five-year-old lab. And then we got a new lab called Bubba. And Bubba is a silver lab. All of our animals are rescues except the latest lab because that's what my wife wanted. Uh, she doesn't ask for much. I said, hell, we'll get you another dog. That's what makes you happy. And the lizard we actually did by Leo. And I did not realize how long a gecko lives. They how live a damn long time. I mean, the rumor is this thing may live 20 damn years. <laughs> so that's a long time. Uh, so I didn't know that when our son asked for it for Christmas, you know, quite a few years ago. Um, and he likes eating live things. So it's kind of interesting. But uh, no, we're, we're big animal lovers. And uh, uh, that's, that's my family story. But um, I'm originally from Southern West Virginia, MacDowell County, West Virginia. Um, it's kind of infamous, wonderful people there, but it is one of the poorest counties in the United States of America. Um, grew up probably lower to middle class. Um, my parents worked very hard. My dad worked five jobs. I have an older brother. He's a doctor. I was the dumb one of the bunch. Um, so I, I went into car sales, you know, so car sales is very low entry, you know, uh, very of entry. And uh, my brother's a doctor and I wasn't smart enough. My dad wanted me to be accountant. And I was like, I, I, there's no way, you know, I can be an accountant. So I did get my undergrad degree, got my master's degree, got into auto industry. And my dad was like, what in the hell are you doing? Why are you getting in the auto industry? Why are you going to go sell cars? Why did you waste all this time? I said, well, you know, a degree, no one can ever take it from me. And I learned a lot about life going through that process. But I had a dream of being a car dealer. I wanted to own a car dealership. And I wanted that. One, I wanted to have the ability to make unlimited income. Two, I like people mostly. And three, I like cars. So I knew people needed transportation. So I said, hey. And I knew if I worked really hard and dreamed really big that you know, I had a chance of realizing my dream. So my wife and I at a very young age, my wife's beautiful. You know, when I met her, she, uh, she had all her teeth, which was a plus from where we were from. <laughs> and she was really pretty. And so I, I was like, I don't think we're kin because she's too good looking to be kin to us. <laughs> so, you know, which in Southern West Virginia, you know, the jokes there about West Virginians. So I told her, I said, honey, I said, look, I said, I'd like to be a car dealer one day. And uh, she said, okay, that sounds cool. I said, no, if you, I'm going to have to bust my ass. We're going to have to be a team for me to realize this dream. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to work a lot of hours. I'm going to have to blood, sweat and tears, and I may not make it. And, you know, if you're expecting a guy to sit there on the front porch and hold your hand until we grow old, that's just not me. I don't like to relax. I don't, I'm type A. I'm, I'm a pain in your ass. I'm high maintenance. I'm a mama's boy. And if you want to run now, I don't blame you. And she didn't. And I said, hey, you know what? I will take care of all the financial part of it. You know, I, um, you'll never have to balance a checkbook in your life. And to this day, my wife's never balanced a checkbook in her life. She's never had a financial worry in her life. I'm not saying we didn't struggle. I just labored it. It was my deal. It was That was my part of the bargain. And uh, she's worked. Now she works with me in our um, family business called Simons Enterprises, Inc. But, uh, you know, she's a wonderful lady, Mark. And uh, I got really, really fortunate because if you don't have a if you don't have a partner to back, go through this crazy thing called life, it could be terribly difficult. And having that spouse and that partner, I think, is extremely important. Wow, that's that's amazing, Scott. You know, first of all, I mean, you know, you just don't see marriages that have lasted that long nowadays um you know sammy knight in, in apex you know he's been with his wife i think he met her when she when he was 15 years old and and he's in his 60s now so I, you know do the math there i want to talk about that a little bit because you know i i, I want to think that some of it's this instant gratification society and we're told to just oh just be happy and follow your heart and and there's some there's some truth to that but at the same time it feels like we've created a generation of people who aren't willing to work. 
in any capacity, well, you know, career, relationship, school or whatever. So being with someone that long, being married as long as you have, what do you attribute that to as far as the dynamic of the two of you and, and what do you do to continue to foster that relationship? Well, it's difficult. If anybody tells you that being married is easy and it's, it, it's, it's not, it's, uh, we're not, we, we're, I'm not a perfect husband. I'm not a perfect dad. I'm not a perfect friend. Um, we have our problems just like anybody else, but it's a give or take. We easily, there's multiple times she could have quit on me. There was multiple times she could have said, I'm out, you know, um, and she didn't. Um, but it takes work. It's much easier just to sit and say, I'm not, I'm not going to fight through this. Um, and trust me, there was times that I, you know, we had our doubts. Um, and I think if anybody says that they're not necessarily being honest and I'm a very honest person, um, you know, you've, you've truly got to, you know, love that person unconditionally for their good and their bad. I do stuff every day that drives her nuts. I'll tell you, <laughs> there's days she, you know, could probably say, I, I hate his guts. <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest. Um, but, you know, we, we, we work our way through that and it's got to be a give and take. And she likes to relax. I don't like to relax. I don't try to change her. She don't try to change me. And we just try to work it, you know, work through it. Um, like going to Apex and Arte and stuff like that. She thinks we're all crazy. Well, no, she knows we're all crazy. Well, we so are. So if you notice, I'll invite her every time to our fly-in Fridays. I'll invite her to go on trips. Now, if we were near a beach and she could go relax while we, and, uh, you know, and was with the, 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 our brothers and sisters, she has no problem with that whatsoever. That she's a very private person. I'm a very public person. We're polar opposites and it just, it just works. Um, it wouldn't work for a lot of people. Like, I don't try to sit and say, Hey, why don't you go to these things with me? I mean, heck, I go to some of these meetings and they question whether I'm married or if I'm, what I mean, what, what, what's going on? I think some people hope that I'm not. Some guys are like, is this dude gay? You know, not there's something wrong with that, but like, what's going on? Like this, where's this, where's his spouse? And, you know, she loves being at home with those children and those animals and going and, and her and my daughter go get their nails, nails done, hair done. I don't try to change her. She don't try to change me. And she'll know I'll go and try to relax some with her, but I'm going to take my iPad after a while and I'm going to be looking up businesses or when I go to relax. And I don't know if you're wired this way until I joined groups like Apex and Arte, I thought I was just weird. I thought there was something wrong with me. And then what I found is, is there's a lot of people just like me, not exactly, obviously, but we're wired differently. That doesn't mean that anybody else is wrong. Cause at the end of the day, I can only live my life. Right. But entrepreneurs are wired differently, especially high functioning, successful people that get after it every single day. Like I don't ever see myself retiring. I don't. Um, I thoroughly enjoy what I do. I love running car dealerships. There's days I don't like what I do. There's days that I, you know, I'm very frustrated. Most people wouldn't know it because I'm a leader and I got to lead by example, but I wouldn't change. Like I, my life isn't a perfect life, but if you say, Scott, you know, why don't you sell out and retire? Financially, I probably could. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I would probably be in a brewery drinking beer. You know, <laughs> I'd probably be driving fast cars, not at the same time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I don't know what I would do. Like, I'll give you an example. I coach football for years. On a Saturday, I give my sales meeting. I work every day. If I'm in town, I'm at work. Even Saturdays, I don't have to work, but I'm here every day. Now, if I'm traveling with work, that's different. So on Saturday, I coached football for eight years and I gave a sales meeting and I kind of sit in my office and just stared ahead. I was lost. I was literally lost because I was used to going to a football field for eight years. So I had to kind of sit and gather myself and reprogram myself. Okay, I need to go to the gym and work out. And I'm, I'll work out most days, twice a day. I'll get up and either run, bike on my Peloton. Right now I'm, I'm injured, so I do one of the other cardio. And then in the evening, I play racquetball or I'll do the opposite in the evening. Um, but I kind of get up at four, go uh, get ready for clubhouse. I moderate clubhouse on Tuesday and Thursday at 5 a.m. I, I have the shitty shift. I got the first shift. Uh, Brian, <laughs> Brian Hess does Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 
So I'm on there, but I'm on my Peloton. I'm doing, I, I'm not doing, I'm multitasking. Some people get on these apps and et cetera, and it, they don't multitask. They sit on that Clubhouse app for hours and letting life go by. I'll listen to a podcast while I'm working and multi, I'm always multitasking. And I, sometimes I'll be doing three things at one time. They're like, how do you keep up with it all? Well, I just, that's just what I know to do. And then uh, I come into eight breakfast with my family. I come to work and then I go play racquetball in the afternoon, go home, eat dinner with my family. And then when my kids go to bed or whatever case, I'll work on my other businesses I part own or squeezing them during the day. And then I get them and do it all over again. Well, a lot of people wouldn't want that life. They're like, you forget it. What do you mean? You know, you've, you're 48 years old. You don't have to live that way. No, I want to live that way. Like, I don't ever see myself changing or I'll probably one day die on a showroom floor, on the showroom floor. That's just, that's just me. But see, my wife doesn't try to change me. Matter of fact, I think she probably likes it that I work so much because I'm not sitting there driving nuts. You know, that's probably the key to being married is both of y'all have really busy lives. You know, she stays really busy too. Uh, she's just started working with me in our Simons Enterprises, Inc., which is all of our businesses we part own besides the car dealerships, so. You know, that's my, that's my, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. I love it. it. You know, there's such value in not changing other people because ultimately you're the only one that can change. Like no, people can want it for you. People can lead you. People can guide you. People can give you all the tools and tips and tricks and whatever. But if, if an individual doesn't want to change, they won't, you know, being in the gym for almost two decades, trust me, there's been a fair share of people that I wanted it way more than they wanted it for themselves and they never got the results they wanted to get. And obviously it goes the same for relationships and, and understanding that, that you are you and your wife is her. And as long as you guys are content with who you are, the communications there, then it works. It's, yeah. and it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, I, I think you just gave a whole lot of nuggets of wisdom for the way that high performers operate and the mindset behind it. You know, you, you said not everybody wants that life, which is why most people don't get what they want because they're not willing to do some of those things. And now, you know, everybody doesn't have to work nonstop, but when you're passionate about life and you know that you're making a difference and you know that you have a positive effect on people. And for you, like you got a lot of people relying on you. You know, you've created this, this entity where now there's employees and those, and those people have families. So now they're relying on income and things like that. So the dream of owning that dealership, you talk about being young and you have this dream. Have you always dreamed big like that? And if so, where did it come from? Well, um, growing up, we, our first car we bought was like a Chevrolet Celebrity that I can remember. And my dad took that to a Vogue school. My dad was such a conservative human being. He never made more than $32,000 a year. And he had five jobs. But any one of them didn't pay more than $32,000. Well, my mom was a lab supervisor. And I saw him struggle. And I saw them live out of scarcity. You know, clipping coupons. You know, um, we lived with our aunt till I was like eight because we saved up enough money to buy a house on our own. And once we bought the house on our own, my dad moved in two families on each end. So we lived in a ranch style house. I'm living with my aunt. She's watching us. My dad was one of nine. My mom was one of nine in Southern West Virginia. Ooh. Apparently you just work in coal mines and have babies all night. But anyway, <laughs> that's apparently what you did. So my aunt, her, her job in life was to raise her eight siblings while the parents went and worked. So she raised my brother and I. So she would be there helping raising us while both of my parents worked. She walked to a grocery store. She never had a driver's license. She never had a checking account. She never had a boyfriend. Her, her whole life was to serve everybody else, wow. which is crazy to me. Uh, so we called her Grandma Aunt Mary. So we lived with her, and she was a wonderful human being. Um, but, you know, I saw the way she, she never got to experience life. She served everybody. You know, and she was happy doing it, but... Then I saw my mom and dad clipping coupons and arguing over money and scarcity. And my dad took that celebrity to a vocational school, bid $300 in it, had them fix it as a project. Well, Bondo was falling out of it. And I'm like, you know, dad, like, would you drop me down from school? Kids are going to make fun of me. He said, don't ever be ashamed of who you are. I'm not, but like these kids did a shitty job fixing this car. You know, kids are pretty ruthless, right? 
So I just didn't want to live that way. You know, I didn't want to go to a buffet and there was the only meal you're going to get all day and you had to eat till you were sick to your stomach. I mean, he would make you clean your plate at a buffet. Well, who makes you do that? Because he didn't want to pay for any more meals that day. I mean, literally, they would have to ask us to leave because we would go over and over and over again. Like I could just, you know, envision my dad's picture with like an X across, like, no, no, no entry for you. You know, we'll pay you not to come in, go away, you know, go to McDonald's or something. So when I saw that, I didn't want to live that way. So I remember seeing a gentleman that was dressed nice and drove a newer car. And I was young. And I'm like, what, what's he do? He sells cars. You get to drive a nice car like that and get to wear nice clothes like that. Well, I want to do that. And I, that's when I was really, really young that I said that, you know, so that was an, that was a vision of mine, hmm. but what, what I've learned as I've gotten older and being around all these really successful people that you and I are blessed and fortunate to be around, I, I still didn't think big enough. We thought big. And for a lot of people, I'm successful. But there, as you know, there's different levels of this shit. Yep. I, I have so much more to do getting around these people that are so successful that we're in Apex and Arte and Lion's Den and you get around the Ryan Stumans and Andy Forsellas and Ed Milets and Grant Cardone's and, you know, Sean Whalen's. I'm like, Dan Fleischman's, and there's many females in there too. I hate to just, you know, Danielle Delgado is a good friend of mine, Elena Cardona, and on and on and on. And you're just like, man, there's so much more I can accomplish. And when I achieved purchasing the first car dealership in 2010, 11 years ago, before we ever sold the first car, I had a meeting with the team and we, everybody's offered a job when I now part on five. So we acquired other stores. Everybody's offered a job. No one's let go. We get a chance to train them and teach them our culture. Now, a lot of them simply don't make it because they can't live up to our expectations or they can't deliver, but they still get given that opportunity. So I walked in the dealership and you'd think I would be like popping champagne. I'm like, man, I made it part of my first car dealership. My dream, you know, started out, you know, you know, fought through almost mental breakdowns, um, alcoholism, got way overweight one at one point, you know, let myself go turn into a shitty human being because I was just chasing this goal. And I was going to get there. But I turned into this monster of a person that no one even recognized, you wouldn't even recognize me to the person I am today. And I said, Hey, guys, gals gather around. We're glad to be here. I look forward to working with you. Our goal is, is to service this community and buy every dealership in town. Those people looked at me like, this dude's nuts. And I'm like, we're going to buy every car dealership in this town. And since then, we bought, I took over VW, Nissan Subaru, and then we got Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Now I parlayed that to, I own part of those businesses, but then I part own 20 other businesses. I'm a very open up P-Fit franchises, Platinum Fitness franchises in Florida with Aaron Nash, Arte brother of mine. I've done deals with uh, Ryan's been, I've been lucky enough. He's allowed me to jump into some of his deals that he's done. I started an HR company with Jeff Brecken and Tony Watley biotech company with Todd Stottlemyre, which I used to watch him pitch for the, uh, in the major leagues for the blue Jays. Um, I've done deals with Grant Cardone. I mean, a lot of his Cardone capital funds. I'm about ready to do a deal with Alvin, our, our apex brother, Al. Matter of fact, I need to call him today. I'm very invested in one of his deals. Um, I did a, a real estate deal in Texas, you know, a land vest deal with Stuman and a bunch. So I just take all the money that I make in the auto industry. I learned this from Grant Cardone. I invested in all these with these people that are smart in those areas, get cash flow back into my S corporation, Simons Enterprises Inc., which my family's on the payroll. And then I just deploy that money out. And it's just a never ending game because guess what? I look at my bank account and I'm broke. My wife's like, where's all our money? It's out working for us. Hold on. Wait till you see these deposits come in. Look at these transactions. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, that's out there. Sure. But, and then I learned how you, how you use leverage, leverage life insurance. You can leverage your investments. You can leverage real estate. And that's where you really build wealth is, is when you get good at one thing, get that money out invested for you, get cash flow back. And then that's where you build wealth. Cause I'm literally making money while I sleep. But do people say, when's that enough? It's a challenge. It's a game. It's, it's never, it's not even has to do with the money. Yeah, right. Do I have freedom? Yes, I got freedom. Could I do what I wanted to do? Yeah. Could I go out and buy, buy any car I want? Yes, I could. And I, and I have, but it's a, it's the challenge. And I've done a lot of good with that money too. I've donated uh, 
my family so far has donated just to one organization, $300,000 to Fishburne Military School. I'm either going to give 100,000 or 200,000 this year, personally, that has sent almost 80 kids to military school that are underprivileged. Oh, wow. So we do also good with that money. Like these dealerships, I work for Carter Myers Automotive Group. We give a ton of money to our local community. We also are ESOP. So we, we share 10% of our net profit with our 700 employees. So we have 15 stores. We just purchased more. We can't announce it yet. But we're going to have almost 900 employees where our company shares profits with our employees. So it's not all about greed and how rich can I get. It's you know, what type of difference can I make? And it's more of a challenge. It's more of a game. And people ask me, how do you get involved in all these deals? And I'll share it with everybody. I meet people, I serve them. I say, how can I serve you? And then I say, hey, if you have any opportunities, once I vet them and make sure that they're a good fit for me, that we would align. Hey, if you have any opportunities that you're looking for a investor for, a partner for, keep me in mind. They typically say this, hey, same thing. You keep me in mind. And then guess what? It may be six months from now and Mark may call me and say, hey, Scott, I'm going to I'm going to branch out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start a supplement company. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, hey, would you be interested in talking with me? Well, by then, I've been around you six months, a year, whatever the case may be. I know what you're about. I, I know that you're a good person. So yeah, absolutely, Mark. Let's sit down and talk. That one line and building a genuine relationship with people, not trying, I don't, I don't push myself on anybody. I don't, you notice um, a couple of people in Apex, like, I didn't even know you're in the auto industry. And you notice I haven't really said a whole lot at meetings because I haven't earned that right yet. I'll earn it. And you know what? Maybe one day I'll even be up on a stage, but I'm not going to ask for it. I've got to earn it. I, I, just because I may have accomplished a few things, I'm still new to Apex and I need to earn my way. Now I'm getting there. We've had uh, sold over a million dollars worth of TRXs to either Arte or Apex people just by word of mouth. Yep. No advertising, nothing. I delivered, there was three being delivered last week. Actually four. Josh Wilson bought one. Chance Weber bought one. Um, I was shipping the one to Thomas. And there was another one going somewhere else, Orlando or somewhere. So I had four in transit to people. Oh, great. That, that's $400,000 right there. So, you know, I'll put that post on there. And then Andy Frisella shared it. Some smart ass reaches out and goes, well, that's only 11 trucks. <laughs> well, you, well, no shit, Sherlock. But it, I'm, still, I'm not done yet. The year's halfway over. But that just shows you how negative some people are, right? Always. Like, that's big deal. It's only 11 trucks. Well, how many, I said to there, I said, how many, how many have you sold? You know, so, um, yeah, so it's been exciting, and uh, these groups have been. I mean, I'm so fortunate, Mark. I mean, I, you know, people have been so kind to me and my family, you know. And I try to be a good person back. I'm not perfect, you know. I'm from Southern West Virginia, I'm a hillbilly, and my mom's Italian, and my dad's from a holler. So you get a Southern hillbilly and Italian together, man. And I tell you what, I can go zero to hundred like that, um, but you know, it's not socially acceptable. And I try to, you know, I try to be extremely uh, positive person. Well, you know, so so what I hear and, and again, I've, I've seen this just getting to know you a little bit more, watching people post things about you, conversations about you. There's there's a very, very strong work ethic, obviously, that you just possess that you've created over the years. But you're you're leading with with that servant leadership. And, uh, you know, I think I said it to you on a post the other day. I'm like, oh, imagine that you serve some people, you add value, you show that you're a good person and look what happens. Like people want to do business with you. And, and I think so many people negate that when you get around good people, you find ways to work with them because you're like, oh, that's a good human being. Like I need, we all need more good humans in our lives. So any chance we get to be an investor, to be a partner, to give, to receive whatever it is we're getting better as well. So, you know, you come into a network of people and like you said, you, you know, you're willing to earn that right. And I think a lot of people have it the exact opposite. They want to come in and squawk and, you know, show their feathers and ooh, look at me instead of just observing, talking, adding value. And then people go, Hey, what, what do you do again? Oh, 
I need a truck, <laughs> you know, and I, I want to talk about that a second because, you know, this is all, it's not all fostered, but a lot of it was fostered through social media. You know, the, there's a huge shortage of inventory right now, obviously in the car industry. Um, it's appalling. We, we drove, where do we drive? We drove to South Texas earlier this year and just dealership after dealership, just empty lots, nuts. And so that, that Ram TRX, it's a hundred thousand dollar truck. It's a beast of a, of a machine. I mean, that thing, it's gorgeous. And you know, you make a post and you're like, Hey, I, I can get these for you. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden people start reaching out, you know, you got orders coming in. Yeah. So talk about the lead up to that. And, and what you believe is that catalyst, and, and we've kind of talked about it already, but what is that catalyst that somebody on a social media post goes, yeah, sign me up for that? So um, what I referenced earlier when I joined Apex, I didn't grab the mic and say, hey, I'm your car guy. Don't deal with anybody else. Deal with me. I'll ship it. I'll beat everybody's prices. I'll take care of you. And I didn't spam them. I didn't blow them up, you know. I wanted to build a relationship with them and people want to do business with people. They, they trust, they like, they, you know, they, they respect uh, There's, there's a word, there's a there's a couple words that people use for that, but anyway, they want to have a relationship with them. Now, not only are those TRXs that you've seen sold, but I'm working literally messaging back and forth because Thomas and so many other people have said kind words about me. Now I'm locating Escalades. I'm, every post that goes in Apex, that goes in Arte, like there was a post yesterday in Arte. And they were like, if you don't deal with Scott, you're basically an idiot. So the guy's <laughs> like, I've got to deal with you. It was like five people, like boom, 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 boom. But see, that didn't happen overnight. It, it, it takes consistency. Like I'll give you an example. I about did not post the, I've sold a million dollars worth of TRXs on Instagram. I just said, I'll put it on Facebook. I'm not really active on Instagram. Well, I said, wait a minute. That's not, that's not, that's not building my machine. That's not what I'm supposed to do. I need to put it in both. So I took it, put it on both. I'm not smart enough to schedule posts and et cetera. I'm not that, <laughs> you know, I kind of just randomly just do it. And it shows, you know, it really shows, but you know, I posted it. Well, Andy Priscilla grabs it, reposts it all of a sudden, boom. Like I went from like 4,500 followers to 5,200 followers to 5,300 followers. I, my, my DMs blew up. My comments blew up. Arte people started reaching out. Other people started reaching out like, man, you, you're the man. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll try to help you. These are the brands that I have. We have 15 other stores, but now I'm locating for other people in um, Apex. I'm locating Mustangs, uh, um, Raptors, Cadillac Escalades. And part of it, I will be honest, has to do with there's no inventory out there. So they're really reaching out for help. But part of it also has to do with the hard work that was put in. Like, I'll give you an example. I want a TRX bad. I want one to drive for myself. If I was arrogant, I would have took the very first one. It's not for sale. It's mine. No, customers come first. Our value clients must come first. And you know what? The reason why I get so excited about selling them, I want one. When they, when, when, when Thomas has got unloaded, it came early. I was so excited. I about, I did not put my Jeep Gladiator in park. Luckily, it has a feature when I jumped out to see if it was his, <laughs> that it stopped itself or, or that Gladiator would have kept rolling. Now, that's not even my truck. That's his truck. But I get so excited because I know how many people have gave him hell about driving that Ridgeline, which I sell Ridgelines to. Yep. And I know how excited he was. And I know how big deal. Was. I immediately jumped out and took a picture. And we got a kind of a rule where we don't let people know it's immediately here till we get it prepped and get it ready because we don't want them getting anxious because we still got to ship these things. Right. I shipped one to Salt Lake City, Utah. I've shipped to California. I've shipped to Texas, Florida, St. Louis quite a few times. But I was so excited. I sent it to him and I said, hey, man, look what I just found. He's like, holy cow, man, is that my truck? And I'm excited. He's excited. So I ordered the first TRX of black one loaded. My cousin, Eddie, which cue the jokes, he's a pilot up in New York. And he says, man, I want the first TRX. I didn't know how many we would get. I said, all right, Eddie, you can have mine. You're going to get the very first one. He said, you'll do that for me. I said, you get the very first one. Awesome. I ordered another one. Exactly how I want it. 
John Trando, he's a uh, uh, Arte brother. I met him. I didn't even know who he was. I met him like six months ago. This guy is very successful entrepreneur, very successful. And he was in a room and I'm like, well, who's that guy? I recognize everybody else. And it was an Arte, unofficial Arte meetup. We meet up uh, three times a year just on our own, just the OGs meet up and we, you know, families get together. So I went up and I said, hey, I understand you like cars. Yeah, I said, man, tell me what you got. And he's showing me Ferraris and I mean, he's got a car collection. He goes, what do you do? I said, I'm in the car industry. What do you sell? I sell, went through the eight franchises. Plus we have others, but this is what I'm part of, owner of. This is what I manage. He said, can you get one of them supercharged trucks? He said, I buy a Ram every year and I want one of them supercharged trucks and no one get them for me. <laughs> I got one on order. I custom ordered it. It'll be here next week. I tell you what I'll do, John. You can have my truck. I've ordered that same truck four times. <laughs> my cousin got one. John got one. John Paramore got the other one. Yeah. And I think Chance Weber just took the last. So I have to reorder. Now it goes into 2022. Which 2022 is not going to have, because of constraints, it's not going to have some of the equipment the 2021s had. But I'll gladly give up that truck and reorder it again. And you know what? I want to drive one. I, I love, I cannot wait to the day I get to drive my own. And I have not been able to, even, I've sat in them, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, my cousin let me drive his, but he had already bought it, but I'm not going to drive somebody else's truck. Right, right. But that just gives you an example where a lot of people would have took that first truck and said, this is mine, not y'all's. Yeah. And that's just not the way I was raised. I mean, I was raised and, you know, uh, I joke about where I'm from and what I was, what I was taught in that area is your word means something. A handshake means something. Like, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I have to do it. And if I don't, or if I can't do it, I need to clearly communicate with you, I cannot do this. And so I'm just very um, straight up with, with people and just very realistic. We also don't charge over MSRP. There's a lot of dealerships that are gouging people. Not there's anything wrong with it because the market's dictating it. But some of these TRXs are 10 to 20,000 over sticker. So Ooh. selling a sticker is a good deal for the person buying. Plus it's a good deal for us. And, you know, if I take advantage of a person or a situation, they're going to remember that. And you know what, if I take advantage and charge somebody over, they're more than likely going to buy reluctantly, but they're not going to come back and do business with me in the future. I look at things as long-term. I plan on being around for a very long time. I want to not only have a trend, uh, do business with you, I want to have a relationship. I don't want to just do a transaction. And I think a lot of people do transactions instead of building relationships. And if you want to do business long-term and you want to stay, sometimes you even got to do what's in the not, what's not in the best interest. Like, okay. So if I sold 11 trucks and I could have got 10,000 more per truck, how much money did I quote unquote give up on? You know, I don't see it that way. Right. I formed 11 relationships or 15 relationships with people that will be loyal to me because they know that I didn't take advantage of them in a time that I could have charged more. Well, like we say all the time, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And just, again, the the words that people have used to describe the, the experience, because, you know, buying a car is like one of the, like a very high on the list of shit that people don't really want to do, even though they, they want they want the vehicle, but they don't want the process of it. And so anyone who can actually facilitate that transaction and make it relational and not transactional I mean, you have a humongous advantage over everyone else because people are like, you left me feeling good. And, you know, they say it all the time. Like people don't remember everything that you say, but they definitely remember how you made them feel. And when you feel good about whatever the thing is, what, whether it's a purchase or a conversation or whatever, that brings people right back to you. And obviously it brings you referrals too. So you get people go, oh, you got, like you said, you know, somebody posts, oh, if you don't go with this guy, you're just an idiot. I mean, that's, you know, again, that speaks volumes to the way that you are treating people that it's not just a business. It's not just a paycheck. Look, we can all, you know, most of us have learned at some point, we can always make more money. Like, you know, money's fluid. It moves, it flows, you know, it comes and goes, you invest, you get it back, you invest, you get it back. But a lot of times you can't repair those relationships when you fuck them up. So, if, you, if you screw up, just own up to it and make it right. Make it, make it right. And uh, trust me, we're not perfect. 
<laughs> we're far from perfect. I mean, we make some mistakes. Um, one of the guys' trucks we shipped, uh, Chan's, we didn't send the paperwork with it. <laughs> and I was like, how did we not send the paperwork with it? You know? So trust me, we're far from perfect because we're getting these shippers or now let's have an individual that will personally take it. We, we have to hurry up and get that. We want to get that product to them to the point where we forgot. And I'm like, I am so sorry. Call my team. And I also, when I have someone that's referred to me, um, we give the sales representatives credit, you know, to follow up with, et cetera, because we don't do house deals. House deals would mean I don't pay anybody on that deal. I never do house deals ever. Somebody's going to get credit for that transaction. And then, but I also have them deal with the leader of that showroom. That way they're dealing directly with the person that is in charge of that product. Yeah. And that way they're getting the, I mean, that's why uh, Thomas and them raved about dealing with Ben. Well, Ben's the GM. A lot of people would say, well, I'm not going to have my GM or GM. I'm not going to take my time and make sure we got out of state tags. Right. And do this, that, and the other Well, No, it's just a culture that my partner Liza Borges has. It's the culture of, you know, we're here to serve others, knowing that if we make a mistake, which we do, trust me, we're not perfect. We stand up and say, hey, we made a mistake. Even sometimes if I know that a customer is not being honest or is taking advantage of us, my team will look at me and go, I can't believe you didn't tell them just to pound sand and get out. <laughs> now, if a consumer is verbally abusive or a guest is verbally abusive to my team, that's another thing. We shut it down right now. Don't banner back and forth and just say, we're not going to do that. We're not going to communicate that way. Good luck to you. And we're not going to, no one's allowed to abuse our team. We're not also allowed to, uh, you know, do that to, to customers. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if any of our employees, which they don't do, we have about 175 here, uh, would ever misrepresent or lie to a customer. It's totally unacceptable, period. I mean, and I've been in this knock on wood for about 20 plus years and total lawsuits with the consumer, which, you know, people like to sue. <laughs> knock on wood, it's been less than a handful of times, period. Sometimes we just pay them because by the time you pay an attorney $500 an hour, the attorney's like, Scott, you're right, but it's not worth it. Just pay them. And that, that irks me because I'm the type of guy that will lose net lose money just because <laughs> I don't want them to get it. And my partner's like, Scott, come on now. You're, this doesn't make sense. And I'm like, I know, but we did nothing wrong. But that's few and far between. I mean, we've got a wonderful, you know, if you're going to be in business for a while, our company's been around since I haven't, obviously, since 1924. Oh, so wow. my partner is a fourth generation car dealer and she's a lady, amazing woman, pit bull, but kind and respectful. Like she would never verbally abuse her team customer. Like it's just not acceptable. Yeah. You know, we, in our groups, we kind of have fun and we're type a, you know, savages and, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, we, we tend to cuss a lot, like, at the dealership, like that's not acceptable, <laughs> you know, um, at all. I like period, you know, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's, I'm really fortunate, you know, Thomas is, he tagged me on another post just yesterday in one of the groups, Hey, you need to go see this guy. And I'm like, man, I, I'm just so thankful that, uh, people say such nice things about me because, uh, you know, there was times in my life, I wasn't that person yeah. and, uh, chasing those goals, you can lose who you are or who you're, you know, God envisioned you to be. I, I, I don't talk about Christianity, Christianity and the Bible that much because I think a lot of people talk, but they don't do. I would rather act like a Christian and a good person knowing that I'm flawed. I would rather be a good person than act like a good person. So I'm most definitely a Christian, but I don't sit, I'm not a Bible banker. I'm going to sit and say, Hey, you know, this is what you should think. Yeah. It's not that way. So let me ask you this, you know, you've, you've built by all means, a successful career. You have investments all over the place. You have a massive team of people. Now, what advice would you give to somebody, you know, early mid twenties, they're in the sales game. They're trying to find their way. They're dreaming big too. And they don't know how to get there. What would you say to that person? Yeah. Take build relationships. Um, there's no, there's no shortcuts. I mean, sure. We can learn and, and um, there's best practices, but I think a lot of people want things just too fast and easy come easy go. Like 
I'm not really into the get rich things. I want to have financial security for sure. But, you know, first of all, be, be respectful. Um, even if you decide to take other opportunities, leave the right way. You've got your main thing has got to be your main thing. A lot of people want side hustles and this, that, and the other. Let me tell you something. I have a job. I'm, I've done well, but I have a job. My job is to be lead these five car dealerships and the teams that are here and move their life forward, move the community's life forward, take care of my, my employees, which then will take care of our customers. But my, no, my, I have a job. Let's not mistake that one bit. Like I, I'm here every day when I'm in town. Um, and other things that I do, I invest with people that know, like if I invested with you in the fitness industry, it's because you know more than me. But I'm still going to stick with what I know. And I'm going to invest with the Ryan Stumans or people like that that know much more than me in the industries that they're in. Like there's a lot of really smart people in Apex. And there's no doubt I'm going to partner with them on a lot of things. And I have capital and I have really good credit, but I don't have a whole lot of time because I took you through my schedule. They don't leave a whole lot of time. And I enjoy what I do. Like, uh, like I don't, you know, once I stop enjoying what I do, I'll do something else. I don't know what that would be. Um, and I don't ever see myself relaxing, but, you know, to people that are just starting off, you know, you, you know, don't, don't make short-term decisions that could hurt your name. You know, your name is your brand. And once you get labeled a person that is out for just a transaction and trying to get over on somebody and, you know, when you, you feel when you're doing something wrong, when you feel that, don't do it. You know, we've all done stuff in darkness we're not proud of. No one's perfect. I've done it. And, and you know, and, and when you get that feeling and you know what you're doing is not right, don't do it. Or just stop and say, hey, this ain't right. Let me make sure I'm explaining this to this individual that's crystal clear. Because once you get labeled that person that's out for yourself, you know, your reputation is everything. And, uh, and, and work hard. I mean, you're going to have, if you want to achieve your goals, you're going to have to work hard. I don't believe in that four-hour work week and all that all that i'm old school man i believe if you want something you got to work for it and and um you know that's just all i know i know for a fact i will outwork my competition they're not willing to do what i'm willing to do period they may stay close for a little while but they can't do it day in day out week in week out month in month out year in year out decade in decade out they simply aren't willing to do it they'll let up and when they let up i'm just going to just pass because they can't stay in the gas that long um, and that there's no, you know, there's no secret to success, hard work and be a good human and build relationships and serve others, man, serve others. And uh, when you serve others, it comes back to you. That is fantastic advice. Got one more question for you, sir, as we wrap this up. Um, you know, obviously a lot of us live on social media a lot. We post a lot of things. If you knew that the very next thing you posted would go viral, like viral, viral, everyone's sharing it, everyone's seeing it what would you want the message on that post to say? I think it's what, uh, you know, what I just said, um, you know, to, to hear people say kind things about you, you know, cause you, you, um, you know, I've made plenty of mistakes and, you know, I've not been proud of who I am and to be in some of the circles that I'm in, I never even dreamed about that. I mean, you people used to make fun of the way, I talked of, I mean, you know, just because you got a Southern twang, they automatically think you're hillbilly inbred redneck, you know, and a lot of people have looked down their nose at me and I didn't take it personal. I used it as fuel, you know, and, you know, how you treat someone that can do nothing for you, nothing, there's nothing they could do for me is your true character. And, um, you know, I try to just be kind to everybody. Um, I'm no better than anybody else. I just worked really hard and got lucky, you know, to get some of the opportunities that I got. And I'm so just happy that I got these opportunities that I don't, I don't, someone else's demise. I mean, I, I've moved on from people, but I don't wish harm on them. At one point I did because I was immature. I was a punk, you know, I just, I didn't, you know, I, I hope they crash and burn. No, I, I, there's plenty for everybody to be successful. And I'm just really fortunate I'm really fortunate to be where I'm at this point in my life with the amazing, wonderful human beings that I get to call friends. And, uh, and you know, to hear 
you know, the apex has been so welcoming to me, you know, and joining that group has been, you know, it's been a fantastic decision and I can't wait to see, you know, what the future holds. I mean, I, I'm just getting started in that, you know, in that group. And uh, there's a lot of people in there that I can serve uh, and, and help. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know what specific message that would be. It would be one of gratitude, you know, just, you know, thank you. When I posted the other day, thanking people, you know, for doing business with me, I, I genuinely mean that, you know, I genuinely mean, I sincerely appreciate people that support me, support my family, support these, in, you know, these uh, employees. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, just got a lot of gratitude. I mean, trust me, I, I'm aggressive. I'm an aggressive human being. I'm just wired that way. But, you know, um, I'm just really thankful, you know, is what is what the post would be. That's fantastic. You, you, sir, this has been an honor. You know, you are a passionate human being. I, I don't think anybody could take anything away from that um, that doesn't breed. Like, I can hear it in your voice that, you know, I, I get to see you when we're doing this. Obviously, the listeners can't see your face, but like, you are just passionate. And I say it all the time, this world needs more passionate people. So I am grateful for your time. I'm grateful for you sharing your wisdom and knowledge. Um, I'll put all your links in the show notes, make sure people know how to reach out to you. If you need a Ram TRX, you're going to hit this guy. up. <laughs> hey, I'm the Ram TRX headquarters, baby. I can take care of you. But uh, yeah. thank you so much, man. I know how well respected you are in that apex uh, community. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people, you know, I said, Hey, who's in the group and what can you tell me about them? And I would just like to share with you, you are very well respected. And I think people don't hear that enough, you know, and you're probably like me, you're, you're, you're a deflector. Oh, you know, uh, you know, I pay him good money to say things like that about, <laughs> you know, I buy their dinners, I buy their beers, you know, but, uh, I will tell you that that group has been amazing to join. Um, you're so well respected there. And I, I know, I know you, but I look forward to getting to know you even better and seeing what possibilities there are on the horizon, you know, uh, is, uh, you know, I'm just excited, but thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's been a real honor to be on here with you. I appreciate you, sir. For all of you listening, once again, make sure share this with your friends. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for being on here, Scott. And uh, until next time, folks, get out there and make good choices. Thanks so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. If you would like to get a copy of my book, Make Good Choices, head on over to the Amazons, type in Make Good Choices or my name. It should come up in either place. If you would like to connect with me for health and fitness coaching, shoot me an email at info at markzfitness.com. Or shoot me a text, 214-418-8872. That's the only phone number I got. It's been out there for a really long time. Hope you enjoyed the show. And until next time, keep on making good choices.